How are you guys? Good? Blessed? Cold? A little bit? So today I want to talk to you about a, a message God gave me this week called Mouth for the Nations. And Jeremiah chapter 1 is where I'll start. And uh, I have it under uh, New King James, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Let me know when you're there. Also, after, after I preach, uh, we're going to just have a time of prayer. I want to pray uh, into what's happening in our nation um, and just all the confusion and, and things that can even get us emotional at times. And if you watch too much news, you can't. it's crazy. Amen? Are you there, Jeremiah 1? All right, verse 4 through 12. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you, uh, in, in, uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. Then I, uh, our Lord God, behold, he, he said, I cannot speak, for I am youth, or I am young. Uh, but the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am young, for you shall go to all uh, to whom I send you to, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. That's funny. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, and the other versions, like NLT version says, Look, or behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Amen. So, um, I didn't know, well, I knew some about some stuff that was happening. I didn't know what was going to happen yesterday, to be honest. Um, that happened all over the country. If you were under a rock, there was just a bunch of protests and marches. Uh, well, yesterday was a specific about women, women marching in protest and for their rights. Okay. So, when you look at that and you see just the the inconsistencies, right? It's, um, for example, uh, you can't tell me what to do and you can't objectify me, but then the same culture that, that, that they belong to, essentially, does the opposite of what they're preaching. Does that make sense to everyone? Like, if I look at Hollywood and I look at the singers, everyone objectifies women, but that culture says, don't objectify me. So uh, when you look at that as a believer, now sometimes as Christians we have inconsistencies as well. Okay, let's just keep it real. Um, sometimes we are not consistent with our message. Uh, we say one thing, we do another, or we say one thing and we say another that contradicts what we just said over here. So we also have to have a clear message of the gospel. Amen. So when I was looking yesterday at all the stuff that was just, 
I probably shouldn't have looked at. Um, and all the inconsistencies, I got angry, and, and I got emotional, and I was like, man, this is dumb, and blah, 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 and just giving my opinion, opinion, opinion all, all afternoon. And God spoke to me, and he said, uh, why are you, are you looking for consistency in the world's culture? Like, why are you expecting for people without Christ, for a world without Jesus, to be consistent? There's no way. The only one that's constant, the only one that's consistent is Christ. Amen? And even his church sometimes is inconsistent. Now, we strive to be more consistent to what Jesus is saying, what he does. And we're probably the most consistent in this world, or at least we should be. Amen? Because of Christ. So our message needs to be clear, right? Our message cannot be an emotional message. It can't be a feeling message. It has to be a biblical message, amen? What God is saying in his word has to stand. Whatever he says in his word. Now, granted, it has to be revealed through the new covenant. It has to be a revelation of grace in someone's life for us to understand the truth of the gospel, amen? Amen? Because if not, uh, we're going to want to see God destroy everyone. Right? We're going to want to see judgment and fire and like, you know, the, the, the Thunder Brothers in, in uh, the Sons of Thunder in, uh, in the Bible. They, you know, they wanted people to die because they weren't following God. So, and Jesus was like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, I guess it's a good idea, but it's not really... It's not, and he was scratching his head like this. It's, it's not really like, it's not really what I came to do. All right? Jesus says in, in the book of John that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Amen? So that has to be our message. Our message can't be condemnation. It has to be salvation, reconciliation. It has to be grace. It has to be love. Amen? It can't be the opposite. So we have to be consistent too. But we can't expect culture to be consistent without Christ. Amen? But we still have to speak the truth. It doesn't mean, like like Kevin was saying last week, it doesn't mean that we become silent and we shut down or we get emotional and angry. We speak the truth and we speak it with love. Amen? Every one of those people, millions and millions of people that were marching yesterday need Jesus. That's it. Nothing is going to solve their issues without Christ. And I heard a lot of Christians saying things that really irritated me as well. Like, well, you know, and I can tell they were kind of disappointed. And and I get it. And I'm sorry if you thought this and you said this. I don't mean it in a bad way. But it was irritating. I heard people say, well, you know, it doesn't matter who's in office because Jesus is on the throne. And I get that. It's, it's, it, it comes from a good place. But it actually does matter who's in office. Okay? Because there's a lot of people that were in office that were voted in, not in this country necessarily, or actually even in this country. Right? That weren't doing good. They thought slavery was good, for example. Okay? So it actually does matter who's in office. It actually does matter who we vote for. It does. It really, really matters. But it also, our point is not to really 
put our hope in who's in office. That I get. We put our hope in Christ Jesus and we pray for the leaders of our country. According to Timothy, it's not something I made up or, or all pastors agreed. Hey, we're going to be saying, no, it's in the Bible. Pray for your leaders. But really, I have to pray for that guy. Like if that's how you feel, fine. But you're not going to get Jesus in the White House. I'm sorry, he's, he's not coming from heaven one day to sit in the White House. Okay? He's coming to establish his kingdom all over the world. And he will sit on a throne, but all the world will, will worship him and serve him. Amen? And he's coming soon, by the way. That's what Paul used to say 2,000 years ago. Or 1,000, let's say. Let's give him 1,000. He used to say that. Jesus is coming soon. Right? That's how he lived. Jesus is coming soon. But, man, he, he did so much for, for the world. And so, so God calls Jeremiah in a time where, where it seemed like Israel, they weren't even thinking about God. They didn't care for God. They didn't care for what he stood for. They didn't care for his principles. They didn't want nothing to do with his heavenly culture that he wanted on earth. They didn't want anything to do with God. And so God calls Jeremiah a young man, right? He, he, he was between the ages, uh, they say, between 19 and 22. Jeremiah. So God calls him and says, Hey, I'm, I'm calling you to be a prophet to the nations. I have an appointment for you to be a mouth to the nations. Not just the nation of Israel, but every nation. Amen? And, and his reaction, his reaction is, I'm too young. I, what words am I going to use? What am I going to say? What are they going to think about me? And, and even God says, don't worry about their faces, right? Don't worry about how they're going to look at you. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. But what happens when God calls us and we have a bunch of excuses? Like, I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too tall. I don't think anybody ever said that one, but just in case. I'm too short for sure. I'm too fat, I'm certain of. But what is, what, what is the thing that holds us back when God is saying, I'm calling you for something, and you say, I'm, I don't know, I, I can't because of this, I'm too uneducated, I'm, too, uh, uh, I'm not smart enough, I don't read enough. God calls Jeremiah and his reaction is, I'm too young, I can't. Reminds me of Moses, right? When God called Moses, he was like, I'm calling you. And Moses is like, me? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? But see, God doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He calls people that don't, may not have all the skills, may not have all the talent or all the words so that he can get all the honor and the credit and partner up with you so that he can use you for the nations. So that you can be a mouth for the nations. God is calling you 
So don't say I'm to this or I'm to whatever or I can, I don't know, I'm not sure. If he's calling you, answer the call. Be like Eli told Samuel. Remember when Eli told Samuel, say, Lord, what do you want? I'm here. And Samuel answered and said, Lord, I'm here. What do you want? And God was calling Samuel and Samuel said, I'll go. Answer the call, brothers and sisters. Answer the call. Calling comes from God. And then he develops us. It's not like that's it. He calls us and that's it. That's all you need is a calling. No, then, then we put our, our foot, we, like we go forward with him. He develops us and others develop us. Others with experience. Amen? So here's, uh, here's Jeremiah and he says, man, I, I'm... I'm too young. And God is telling him, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before your parents got a surprise, I already knew you. It wasn't a surprise for God. Amen? God knew, God knows you and he knows me even before we are in our mom. Amen? We all came from a mom. All right, before you were in your mom, God knew you. He knew you. He knew you would, how you looked. He knew you would have a big head, big eyes. He knew you already. He knew you'd be light-skinned and handsome with glasses that preaches. That's talking about me. He knew you already. He knew your heart. He knew how you were going to, your care. He knew you. He knows you. Amen. He knows your beginning, your middle, and your end. So he calls you. He's calling you. He wants to partner with you. He doesn't want you just to be a, a, a regular person that, that goes to church and sits down for a little while and listens to some guy scream and then goes back home. He wants to partner with you. He wants to use you. Amen. This should excite you. He wants to use you at work. He wants you to be a mouth for the nations. So he says here um, in verse 8, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. We can no longer be afraid of our own message. We're afraid of our own truth. I can't, you know, did I tell you guys about the, the work thing that happened to me with the abortion thing? No? We were at, at lunch one time. It's probably not the best example, okay? It's actually a, a pretty bad example, to be honest with you. But I was at this point where I'm like, I need to open my mouth. I can't just sit here and, da, da, da. yeah, they're just talking about, you know, abortion and, I don't have anything to say about that. I can't, we can't do that anymore. We're being called to be voices, a mouth for the name. So they're talking, and first they're talking about God. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. God, this is good. Although their God is different than mine, mind you. But I'm still okay, we're in a good direction. They're talking about God, and one lady says, well, God, you know, he doesn't know time. We, we men created time. And I'm like, 
No, I think the world goes around the sun, and God made that happen, and it's 24 hours. And, well, whatever. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. You know, God is, is eternal, basically, is what she was trying to say. He has no space and time. Amen? So they're talking about God, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is exciting. We're talking about God, but this could go left real quick. Right? So someone says, yeah, but I just don't like how people that, that believe in God want to put that stuff in the, in the laws in the government. Like, I get that you don't believe in abortion, but why do you have to force me to believe? And why do you have to make it a law? Now, first of all, they know I'm Christian. So I already know. This is not like a general just thing she's saying. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to keep quiet. So they keep going, right? And I'm just like, I got to say something. I got to stand my ground. Even if I'm going to blurt it out and mess up right now, which I did. I, I got to say something, Lord. Give me the words. I, I, don't think, I don't think he gave me the words that time. I just said it. And I said, I don't believe in abortion. They were talking. And I just said it. And I went back to my taco or whatever I was eating. I just said it. I felt like time stopped for them. And I was just like. And one of the ladies, the one that was talking about God. (laughs) That's why the inconsistency is just amazing. Well, you know, there's some situations that that can be possible, you know. And then. You know, back in the day, we had to replenish the earth. And now, you know, it's just a lot of people here now. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what do I say, Lord? Like, not to, you know, completely argue. Because I could argue the point. Well, didn't you just say that God and now you're saying, okay. <clears throat> so I said this. I said this. Now, mind you, this is not the best example, but it's a good, it's a good place to start, at least. It's a good direction. I said, well, I don't want to argue with you ladies because they're, they're all ladies. And I said, uh, I, said I don't, I don't want to argue with you ladies because, first of all, I'll win. And second, I like you guys as friends. <laughs> so, but I said it in a joking way. So they all laughed. We all laughed. And we went back to watching, I don't know, American Ninja or something. And I went back to my desk after lunch. And I thought, man, what did I just do? Did I mess all this up? Like, I really felt like I had messed, I messed up my, the door that was there, right, to talk to someone. Did I just mess this up? And I felt as though the Lord was like, look, I think it's time that you voice and, and, and speak the truth with love. And all you're feeling inside is that truth that burns deep within. And it's difficult to be around a bunch of people and they're all giving their opinions and you don't say anything. But next time, use it to speak about truth with love. Ask questions, dig deep, have a conversation, not just blurt it out as a statement like, a, like if I was putting up a post on Facebook or something, actually have conversation. 
But don't be afraid of the truth that's within you. Don't be afraid of the faces of the people. That's what he says to Jeremiah. We can no longer be afraid of our own truth. And he says, verse 8, For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Amen? Verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and then the Lord said to me, Behold, or look, I have put my words in your mouth. Now that's interesting to me, because God says, I, I touched your mouth, now look, my words are in your mouth. How can I look to see if, my word, if his words are in my mouth? But God as a father, I feel like, have you ever seen those like commercials or on TV where uh, a kid asks his dad for like a dollar, quarter or something, and he pulls it out of his ear? Have you seen that? And it's like, oh, here you go. You had it behind your ear. Ha <laughs> ha. And the kid's like five, obviously. I feel like the father was like, look, I touched your mouth. Now you have my words. Like he was just encouraging Jeremiah. Now, he did touch him and he did place his spirit upon him. But he was reassuring him and encouraging him that when he opens his mouth and lets the spirit come out, the Holy Spirit, that the words of God will come out. Amen? So as a good father, he touches his, his mouth and now he's going to speak for the Lord to the nations. And that's what God wants for us. God has touched our mouth, us, to declare the truth, which includes goodness, but also includes the truth. Something not so popular nowadays. Amen? I believe God is looking to transform lives. He's looking to transform families. He's looking to transform churches, communities, cities, and nations. God is looking to transform people. He's looking to, to reassure the family again, to reassure a father, to reassure a mother, right? To reassure children that honor their father and their mother. He's looking to transform this world. Verse 10 See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out. Basically, he's saying, I have called you to stand up against nations and kingdoms to root out, pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Standing up against nations and kingdoms is the destruction of evils which have sometimes transformed whole regions in our world. That's what he's talking How can Jeremiah stand up against nations, stand up against kingdoms? Jeremiah, this 20-something-year-old that God has called who feels he's too young, and God is telling him, now you're going to stand up against nations. You're going to stand up against kingdoms. How can he do that? Just, just him. Him and God. But how can he do that in the natural? He couldn't do it in the natural. It was going to take spiritual things to come against kingdoms and nations. Amen? 
He was called to stand up, to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, and to overthrow. Sometimes I believe we have like this notion of like this baby Christianity with no power and authority. We think that our prayer only works sometimes. We think that if, if, if we prayed for ISIS to stop, we, we don't think that would have an effect. But I believe it, it would. I believe it would if we would begin to pray for people to receive Christ in the Muslim world as a church. Even just us as a 40-people church, even just us, we could see change and transformation in those regions. Because our mouth has been anointed. God has touched our mouth so that we can stand up against kingdoms, that we can stand up against nations. Those, those, those kingdoms and nations that don't want to do the will of God. But how was he going to do this? How was Jeremiah going to do this? Was he going to maybe establish an army? Maybe he was going to, I don't know, propose a new king. Maybe he was going to vote Republican. Oh, maybe he was going to post on Twitter and Facebook. Or come up with a cool hashtag. Or, you know, pray once a week. Go to church. Sometimes. How was he going to do it? He was going to do it with the power of God. That was upon him, that is upon you and I, to stand up against evils. He wasn't going to go and naturally set up a new kingdom. No, the weapons of our warfare are spiritual. Let's read about it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to switch to NLT. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Are you there? Let me, let me get an amen, please. Amen? All right. Verse t- uh, 3. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. And highlight that. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. We use mighty weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy. Look, look at me. We don't talk to. We don't baby principalities and demons and human reasoning. We destroy, destroy. Amen? We destroy, verse 5, every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. My goodness. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. I know, we're reading the Bible. Look at the obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority 
builds up. It doesn't tear down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. Man, that's good. Wow. God's mighty weapons. Sometimes there's spiritual warfare going on in our life. And we don't use our mighty weapons. We use our mighty worrying time. Our mighty doubting, that's what we use sometimes. Our mighty reasoning. You start to reason with yourself. If I do this and that, then I'll fix this problem like this. But you don't know you're being attacked. There's spiritual warfare going on in your life, in my life, and we have mighty weapons. You want to know what the, probably the best weapon you have? Prayer. What? One of the best weapons that we have as children of God is talking with God. And spiritual warfare, interceding and partnering with God. Prophesying what God has spoken to us, even into our lives. Ministering to ourselves, praying even for ourselves. Even declaring that we're victorious and more than conquerors, even to yourself. I know it's weird, but do it. These are the mighty weapons that God has given you. You also have the fruit of the Spirit. You have joy and peace and love that live inside you. That all you have to do is say, huh, I choose joy today. I choose to be joyful today. You know, I, it's going crazy. I choose peace. I'm going to be peaceful today. You have the fruit in you. You don't got to go to any tree to pick a fruit. It's inside you. You are that tree. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. Then you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which all of you have access to. All of you. They're not special for some special person to use those gifts. All of you have access to the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophesying, healing, faith. You all have that. Speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. You all have that. The weapons are mighty. Amen? You have truth, goodness. You have the will of God in your life. And you know, all of these have two things in common. One, they're spiritual. Two, you're involved. Let me say that again so you can get it. One, is they're spiritual. And two, you're involved. Amen? On top of that, the Bible says, look, if you don't know what to pray for, which sometimes we don't, let the Holy Spirit pray for you. Just give him time. Just be available. Knock down strongholds of human reasoning. If it doesn't lead to knowing Jesus, then it must be destroyed. If, if there's someone in your life, for example, let's, let me give you this example. If there's someone in your life that you know they need Christ, they need Jesus, they need to accept Christ, it's not, it's not just... It's not good enough just to say, hey, you need Jesus, man. That's what you need. Are you, ooh, you're, whoa. 
Why don't you try praying so that God may be revealed to this person? There's so many testimonies of the usual how it goes is that a wife comes to the Lord first. The husband doesn't want anything. He's stubborn and, you know, being a husband. And the wife begins to pray and pray and pray. And then the wife says, you know, I need some partnership in prayer. I'm going to talk to some people at church. They can pray with me. And they start to pray and pray. And all of a sudden, the husband realizes, has an encounter with God, and comes to Christ. I've heard testimony after testimony. Why? Because they prayed. They destroyed those strongholds. It might be that that person has a stronghold in their mind. The enemy has a stronghold in their mind or in their heart. And you're breaking that. You're destroying that through prayer because you have a mouth that's anointed with the Holy Spirit to pray and to ask and to destroy those things. Pray. Amen. To destroy false arguments. If it's not the truth of the gospel, it must be destroyed. Don't fall for the arguments of men or even the solutions of men. We must destroy those things. And then it says, destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Amen? Get it out of the way in Jesus' name so that people can encounter God. So again, I ask you, how did Jeremiah do it? How did he, how was he supposed to stand against nations and and stand against kingdoms and uproot them, destroy them, and do all of that stuff through prayer, to prophesy to the nations, to speak truth to the nations about God and who God was and is. Amen? But then he asked Jeremiah to build and to plant. And I believe this is transformation. I believe that God has called us to transform people to transform nations, to transform individuals. This is what the Bible says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Amen? You know that verse? Transformation wants to come into this world to transform. What is this? Going from earthly thinking to heavenly way of thinking. Going from earthly way of doing things to heavenly way of doing things. Why did God want nations destroyed? They were completely against his will. Why does he want to build? Why does he want us to build and plant them so that they may do his will? And I want you to notice he wants us to do it with him. He wanted Jeremiah to do it. Was Jeremiah going to do it on his own? No, with God. But he wanted Jeremiah to do it. And I'll end with this today. If we can go to Psalms 33. And I want you to see a picture here. Well, we'll read it. Okay. Psalms 33, verse 12. Oh, this is so good. Look at this. Oh, my gosh. This is awesome. Are you there? Psalm 33. Let's read. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people He has chosen as his inheritance. Look at what God does. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. 
He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. Verse 18. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in time of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Amen? That is so awesome because God is looking down from heaven and he sees the entire human race. He says, I know all of their hearts. I know why they do what they do. But I want to be their Lord. I want to be their God. And I want the nations to be blessed. And it says, the nation that has God as their Lord is a blessed nation. Amen? So I believe that each of us here have been called to, to be a mouth for the nations. The question is, will you embark in this calling? And it doesn't have to be that you leave, you know, to go to other nations. It could be that. But it could just mean that you're praying. You're praying for this nation. You're praying for others. You're breaking strongholds. You're destroying. You're uprooting. And you're building and planting as well. You're prophesying. You're speaking truth. Amen? That's what God has called us for. So he wants to bless this nation. He really does. He's for this nation and every nation in the world. And he wants to use his church to bless the nations of this world. That we would pray. That we would pray for our leaders. We would pray for all the present. We would pray just for God to break through into darkness. Amen? And that we would be the light everywhere that we go. I got a word from the Lord um, that was for, for America. And um, it says, God wants to show you who Jesus is again. You have forgotten about who Jesus is, but his face has not turned from you. The Father still looks at you and has mercy stored up for you. Return to God, America. Let's pray, guys. Let's pray. We're going to do a, a time of prayer. Um, we're going to pray for our country here, just for everything that's happening. And, and for people just to encounter God, we're going to pray for souls to be saved in the middle of all this. Uh, so a few people are going to come up in a sec to pray. Um, and so if you can stand up, I truly believe that God has called us to pray this year. Like this year, he's calling us to pray more than ever. More than ever. If your prayer life has suffered in the last year, he's calling you to, to prayer this year. Maybe you don't, you don't see yourself talking to others about the Lord just yet. But maybe you can just start praying now. And start praying for, for the nations, for families, for people that don't know Christ around you. Start to break strongholds, false arguments. 
Man, God wants to do so much through you and through, through all of us here. He's called you to be a mouth to the nations. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you. Thank you.